Uh, welcome to our podcast on the common issues encountered in purchasing landed estates. I'm Adam Corbyn. I'm a partner with the agriculture team here at Mitchellmores. I act for a broad range of institutional and private clients, mainly on contentious matters. I'm joined today by three other partners at Mitchellmores. First of all, Chris Massey. Chris specialises in handling sensitive and complex substantial landed estate, agricultural, country, country house and high value residential transactions. We're also joined by Jennifer Ridgway. Jennifer acts for individuals and their families in all aspects of structuring their private wealth, including advising upon succession issues and tax planning. We're also joined by Ben Sharples. Ben advises upon a broad range of contentious agricultural matters, including landlord and tenant disputes over agricultural and residential property, partnership disputes, real property disputes and professional negligence connected with these matters. Well, that brings us nicely on to our fourth topic, which is public rights of way. Um, there's probably uh, probably in, in, in my practice, I spend maybe at the moment 25% of my time uh, dealing with um, opposing mainly uh, applications um, to register new rights. Uh, on the definitive map. So what we're seeing a lot of at the moment is uh, a lot of activity from the Ramblers because of the Lost Ways project and uh, that's come about because of a change in the law uh, which says that from the 1st of January 2026 you're not going to be able to make applications to modify the definitive map on the basis of uncovered historical information. Uh, and so that means that the Ramblers have uh, spent quite a lot of money uh, on publicising this change in the law and encouraging people to make as many applications as possible. Uh, and so uh, up and down the country, local authorities who are in the main the applications to whom uh, the people to whom applications are made um, are having to deal with a huge volume uh, of applications to create new public rights of way or to put public rights of way back on the map. Uh, and so there's there's a, a, a sort of terrible backlog um, in some areas of up to 30 years um, for dealing with public rights of way applications. Uh, so that means that even though applications will have to cease after the 1st of January 2026, we're probably going to be seeing local authorities having to deal with these applications for many, many uh, years to come after that. Um, quick reminder, there's uh, several ways of um, applying to have a public right of way put on the definitive map. You either say that the way has been expressly dedicated or there's an implied dedication because the landowner has done something in the past or there's a dedication by 20 years use. Um, this 1st of January 2026 deadline only uh, applies to applications based on sort of some sort of historic implied dedication, um, not to dedications under 20 years use. So, Chris, what do you what do you tend to do about these uh, applications or the possibility of these applications arising? Acting for a purchaser is rather tricky, to be honest, as to how you can come up with a, a, a definite solution to a potential problem. Um, I think the very best that we could do is ask the question. So uh, it, it, does a, a vendor 
in some way know something that may be of assistance um, that that might provide us with a bit of a heads up that we've got an issue. Um, uh, searches in themselves aren't going to um, help us much. Again, the site visit may um, come into its own because at least we can see on the ground if there are potential issues and we do ask questions about whether whether people are heading off down different routes and um, whether other things have been established whether statutory declarations may have been made and submitted to the local authority um, to record um, how public rights um, operate. But there's no simple definitive answer. It, it can quite often be a bit of a problem when we're hitting a, a deal and the public rights away are not quite as they should be. Yeah, and just picking up on that point, it's, it's worth stressing, isn't it, that, you know, a Section 31 declaration that, you know, as junior agents, you cut your teeth on getting your red pen out and stating all the public rights of way that you recognize on an estate and then submitting that that isn't going to stop you know a, a lost rights application if they uncover some evidence and, and bring an application under that uh, heading it, it's it's going to stand on in its own right and any submissions under section 31 aren't going to head that off yeah i mean a lot the current trend in applications is to uncover quarter sessions um, diversion orders between 18 and 1900 uh, or court leet um, documents from the 1600s that refer to uh, you know a, a public right of way in a particular location um, and so there's not much you can do as a landowner against those because uh, often that is the only evidence that there is uh, and it can be a little bit depressing. Um, on the other hand uh, TVGs do you come across those very much, Chris? It's a really <laughs> fast train in France. I was going to say, I, I, I have ridden on one before. It was very nice as we rolled into Gare du Nord. <laughs> <laughs> Village Greens. Have I come across them? Yes, um, I have come across Village Greens. Uh, common land can also be a, 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 a particularly interesting situation. It can present its own challenges when it comes to crossing the green to actually get to a particular drive or an entrance. It's probably where you chaps come in, I would have thought, to help on that front. Yeah, common land is um, something that uh, often takes a long time to unravel and uh, it, it often results in an unsatisfactory uh, outcome for all, all concerned, really. Um, we've had a lot of interest recently, though, in um, landowners making declarations similar to under section 31.6 of the Highways Act. Um, you can make a declaration under 15A of the Commons Act uh, that says that you don't recognise any village greens uh, on your land. Uh, and that triggers a period of a year in England or two years in Wales um, for an objection to be raised by somebody who 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 thinks that you're wrong and thinks that um, an interest has been created. Um, and they're very similar in in the way that you deal with them to um, public rights of way in that there's um, a decision by a local authority uh, followed by an inquiry of some sort. Uh, and you're looking at use as of right. But in this case, you're looking for use for lawful sports and pastimes, including back blackberry picking. 
Gosh, I mean, I what I would say is, that, and and actually, this is a general point for any potential quirks and issues that it might be difficult to resolve on an estate. Is we talked before about indemnity insurance and the possibility of getting some sort of mon monetary cover in place. A huge proviso there is as soon as you start following a route where you're going public and you're seeking a means to try to resolve a problem, that is that you're not going to be able to get the insurance cover in place. So insurance companies quite understandably don't want people probing. Uh, and uh, at worst, you may find that there is a, a, a far greater, uh, sorry, at best, you may find that there's a far greater premium that you're going to be paying. At worst, the cover is completely and utterly negated and gone. Um, so the solution is lost. Um, and I guess the difficulty here is for a purchaser, you do ultimately, one hopes, intend to actually purchase the landed estate and actually want to get stuck in with your estate um, rather than creating a problem that just can't be resolved. So it's very tricky. It is a, it is a, a very difficult um, decision to take and, you know, balancing that potential hassle in the future with wanting to get cracking and get on an estate. Yeah, I think with the TVG um, applications, it is a real or declarations is a real risk of poking the bear uh, and making matters worse because you've um, you, you've put your head above the parapet. And the reality is that you can nearly do as much by preventing access physically on the ground and by signage and by, if not present preventing access, permitting access expressly, um, because then you're removing the presumption of by right. Um, which I think in many instances is is better than going along and making the declaration. Um, although I think the 316 um, declarations for highways are, are definitely still worth doing because they're rather more commonplace and they don't trigger um, the right to make an application and call into question the existence of the green. But it's an absolute bugger when it comes up. And actually, in this neck of the woods, there are there are villages in the Cotswolds that every single one of them crosses over um, a village green or common land to actually get into a, their properties. It's such an arcane area of law as well. I mean, it, yeah, it's you know, property law in general is fairly labyrinthine, but this is the far reaches of the catacombs when you get to the commons stuff. Yeah, yeah, and there's no costs, so you, people can make these applications and you know be comfortable that they're not, it's not going to cost them anything they lose. anarchy that's what you got yeah. there adam but i mean um, did you find with the manorial rights and the sort of chance of repair thing i mean that was a bottomless pit of misery um when that was um rolling through and it was people people destroying generations of good relations with with villages by um slapping down all of these applications um and and really burning bridges they were never going to be able to get them back um, and, for what, and for what benefit when it comes down to it? I mean, they were fired up by a few lawyers who thought, you know, well, this is a great opportunity to get something for nothing without pausing to think what, what that something they were getting was. And was it worth the breakdown in relationships, as you say? Mm. We had a brilliant thing in the other day where the, the estate was wanting to make 31 six declarations, but they'd already defeated a TVG application because they'd closed this land for foot and mouth um and it just really neatly severed in half the 20 years <laughs> um, i i i had one like that and also one where they'd 
uh, requisition the land for radar and searchlight sites uh, to stop oh, the yeah. bombers coming into Liverpool on the flight path into Liverpool docks. And it, again, it, we could demonstrate that by MOD order, no one had gone anywhere near the site, otherwise they'd have been shot. <laughs> Pretty effective. <laughs> but I reckon um, I reckon diversions are coming are coming round. I think people are people have been too afraid of making applications for diversions and actually there's starting to you know there's starting to be more case law on whether it really is reasonable for um the local authorities to turn down the applications and the house builders seem to have been really successful in applying for diversions mainly because they dress them up in a planning application and you know there's additional power within the LP, uh, within the team because there's additional reasons why it's in the local authorities' interest to get those houses built. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Adam, Adam, Ben, are you finding that? Um, I mean, has COVID had an impact with work from home? I mean, it's had an impact on local land charges and planning generally. I mean, it has it just slowed everything down to snail's pace. Well, anything like that, the the land registry, local authorities. I mean, any any branch of local government. I think you know it was it was creaking before. I mean, now it's virtually ground to a halt, as far as I can see. Yeah, well, the the it, the same is true of the Office of the Public Guardian and HMRC. Mm. On the planning inspectorate, didn't run um, any inquiries for public rights of way for um, I think for fifteen months. They didn't run any at all. No virtual ones. Nothing. So, is um, there a huge backlog now yeah. that people are working through? Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's brilliant for landowners. Yeah, it's great. We're dragging them out forever now. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you ever have any inquiries which you think that Mitch and Wells could help you with, please contact me on adam.corbin at mitchandwells.com. The next mini-series of podcasts will be covering voting rights on the rural estate. This will include discussions on reservations, leases and licenses, in-hand enterprise issues and structuring, uh, and VAT and other taxation issues. See you then.